Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Welcome to the podcast that everyone is talking about. Everybody is talking about this podcast. Do you know that for sure? No. No. But that has about as much validity as any other statement made in the media. We're in the last talking about months. it, and that's the main thing. <laughs> and we've got the best guest today. Every time we say this man's name or we talk to him, I have a smile on my face because he's one of the nicest people, not just in radio, but in life. He's yes. a sweetheart. Yes, he is. He's a very nice man uh, and uh, has a diverse uh, interest <laughs> catalogue. Great backstory. Yeah, really interesting uh, sort of catalogue of work and catalogue of uh, interests and, uh, and surprises us on many occasions during this interview. His name is Tony Moclair. Uh, he's the overnight host on uh, 3AW. 3AW and across uh, Victorian radio stations and across uh, New South Wales, I think, as well, and into Tassie, I think mm, his show everywhere. goes. Uh, he's had a background of uh, being a, a comedian and a writer. And uh, also just recently this year, he took over the uh, lead commentary duties for the Australian International Air Show at Avalon, which uh, we, if you know Tony, you know he's an aviation buff, times a, 100. No, hang on. It's, it, it's a four-letter word, but it's not buff. It's nerd. <laughs> well, that's probably He's an aviation more to the point. nerd. No, he's an aficionado of it, really. Guess what else he is, Kevin? He is an excellent, excellent cook, which you might not be aware of. You'll discover that uh, in this episode, uh, and uh, you'll enjoy it, trust mm. me. And our food poll. Hmm, chow mein. <laughs> when I had it as a kid, it used to be the variety with the cabbage or even two-minute noodles. Well, we're not sure what's in it, but we're going to put it to the test as to whether you like it or whether you don't yes. like it. So we'll, we'll get to that a little later on in our food poll. But now, enjoy our chat with Tony Moclair. Mm. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Tony, it is wonderful to have you on the on the podcast. It is. Thank you. And your your passion, or I guess obsession for aviation, is is, is well known. Uh, yeah. Look, does that does that extend to to the kitchen? Are you passionate about food? Does he serve airline food? <laughs> well, airline food, exactly. Yeah, and aeroplane jelly. Um, so I basically live off that. And chicken wings. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, no, no, I do. I do, I do uh, pretty much all of the cooking um, until my daughter will. Uh, my daughter, or our daughter, is she's an absolute gun. So mm-hmm. we we um, we click in the kitchen, me and her. Um, so, but I like I generally cook the the evening meal, and then what um, what the kids have at lunch uh, for school. So yeah, I I really love cooking, which is something I got from mum. Mum was a sensational cook, and kind of. Um, taught us that uh, you know, food is just one of those things you can control on a daily basis and you decide how good it can be, which is something worth remembering. So you can make it a delight at the end of the day. Yeah, nice. And, uh, now that's the, uh, the attitude I approach it with. So we've got a lot of great cookbooks and, and the other thing I live by is if you can read, you can cook. And yep. uh, you, don't, you, don't, you don't need seven years training in Paris. Which would be nice. And now you come from a big family, don't you? So your, your yep. mum was cooking for a fair brood, wasn't she? She, yeah, she was. So bulk, we um, we did the whole bulk thing. But then she got, you know, it, it was pretty, let's say, I would say stodgy, but it was, look, Irish, English kind of stuff. But then she she started to get very experimental. So she was making her own curry sauces there for a while, and that was great. But then, all, you know, all the comfort food was in there, like, the, you know, steak and kidney pie and the... Um, uh, 
spanakopita, you know, oh, that yeah, traditional the, Irish dish. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well it's green. It's, it's got spinach <laughs> and, uh, and feta exactly. in it. Exactly. That's right. Um, and all of it, you know, all, all the comfort food was in there. So, yeah, I, I, I had a great teacher in that regard. Oh, a bit of stodge I love. And did that extend yeah. to uh, dessert, nice stodgy desserts? Oh, are you ready for this? Yeah. Um, let's see, gingerbread was a, a rhubarb with homemade short crust pastry, um, pineapple upside down, lemon meringue. And this, oh. is, this is the thing. All right, you ready? And I, I, well, hang on, that's my alarm going <laughs> to get the uh, – hang on. <laughs> to get fish out of the air fryer, um, <laughs> you can believe that. This nice is. And I wonder. I, I wonder if you guys have ever experienced this. Towards the end of a life, this is. She'd been making these recipes of all the comfort food that we all loved, and she could. She could do it in a sleep. She didn't. You know. Um, the, you know how much this, how much flour, this butter, all that sort of stuff. Mm. And then you know we thought we'd better preserve these recipes. So I sat her down and said, "Okay, I want to." I want to get the recipes. Suddenly, eh, the memory wasn't so good. Oh. oh. Suddenly, uh, she didn't want to cough up the secrets oh. that she thought were basically keeping her alive. <laughs> <laughs> so she wouldn't hand them over. She wouldn't hand them over, exactly. She, she thought it was like my uh, comparison was, you know, in the, the Eskimos, when you get to a certain age and you're no longer used to the tribe, they yeah. put you on an ice floe and they leave you there. <laughs> and I was thinking, Mum was thinking, if she coughs up the sacred knowledge, then then that's her fate. So no, we we didn't get them out of her before she died. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Were there a lot of um potatoes in your in your meals growing up? Um, it's a good question. There were roast potatoes. Um, there, there was stuff like, um, what was it, corned beef, um, oh, which, I, which I love and I'm sure you do too. Yeah. Um, roast Yorkshire pudding, home from mass on a Sunday and there'd be two chickens that would go in and then there'd be a rasher of bacon over the top of the chicken just to ensure you know, that that a heart attack down the line was going to happen. <laughs> uh, that, that sort of thing. Uh, that's what I remember, and uh, yeah, um, in terms of well, like all the all the sweets that are well, even saying sweets. I mean, how dated is that? <laughs> Dessert. <laughs> hey, yes. Well, there, now there were eight of you, weren't there? Yeah, eight kids. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, uh, the, and traditionally, when there's you know a brood of kids like that, you sort of almost fight for scraps amongst each yeah. other. Was there a bit yeah. of that going on? Oh, that's a good question, and it's true. I'm. Well, Kate, my wife, is uh, from a family of two, and they were, you know, they, were, uh, they did all right. Their aunt said pilot for a dad, so they weren't struggling. And when she, she would come around and eat, they did it out. But let's just say the knives on the table weren't always for cutting food. <laughs> <laughs> but even though, obviously, your, your mum withheld the, the recipes, but what it did inspire, uh, Tony, was, like you say, a... a what appears to be a lifelong love of, of, of um, appreciation of food and, and cooking. So fast, fast forward to the present day and you say your daughter's yeah. a wonderful uh, cook and you do most she of the is. cooking around the house. Yep. Do you have a, a signature dish or what kind of things do you um, do you turn out these days? Oh, well, the, the most recent thing I cooked uh, that Kate really loved was a community. I don't know if you know that uh, it's a recipe, it's a cookbook for great salads. Oh, no. Um, and that was magnificent. That was char-grilled cauliflower with a pumpkin hummus. Oh. 
that uh, and butter beans, fried butter beans, and you chuck that all in together with um, pumpkin seeds and parsley and coriander, and that was absolutely magnificent. Um, I'm just trying to think what else. Um, uh, Toby Puddock, one of the things I love cooking is his roast chicken, which has um, pancetta, uh, capers, white wine, parsley, and a kind of spice mix that you put on it. That's absolutely mind-blowing as well. In fact, his cookbook, if you can get it, um, A Taste of Italian or something like that, is worth its weight in gold. So there's a couple of standards that I always reach to, but, you know, we try not to cook the same thing week in, week out. There's a couple of favourites that we keep coming back to. We did bimbap the other night because Claudie loves Korean food, and that was magnificent. That's uh, zucchini uh, stir-fried with carrots, stir-fried spinach, and then beef that's in a marinade, and then a kind of spicy Korean sauce, oh. and all done with an egg on top, and it was magnificent. Oh, I think we're coming around to your what house. Are the, what are the hours at your <laughs> restaurant? <laughs> Time you open for dinner. <laughs> You're very welcome, you two. <laughs> Goodness me. But given your um, your uh, working um, commitments and and the the time that you work, uh, Tony, it's got to be yeah. grueling the shift that you do, and I can only imagine um, how it it knocks the body clock around. So how what what impact does that have on uh, on your eating habits? Well, there's a, a meal plan that's done on the weekend, so uh, I'll sit down and plan it by consultation, or Claudia and I'll do it. Then I'll go get the groceries, come back, and then try to cook a few things on a Sunday. Definitely what. Uh, what our son has when he goes to school. So he has spinach triangles this week um, with uh, with some muffins that Claudie did for him. Um, and then there's a little bit of forward preparation, but, um, you know, uh, I get out of bed at around midday or one o'clock in the afternoon. So there's enough time before I have a post in a nap and then go into work at 10. So within within that time, there's enough time to, to uh, you know, get meals done, generally speaking. Doing the hours that you do, Tone, it's it's a yeah. it is very very you know jarring on your existence. A little yeah. or anything else. What's it What's it done to your your eating habits at sort of four o'clock in the morning? Do you get the munchies? <laughs> well, that, see, that's weird because when you're when you're awake, you uh, overnight your body your body knows it should be asleep, um, so it suppresses the appetite. So you almost eat more out of force of habit than anything else. It's a weird kind of suppressed hunger. Um, and generally what I've started doing is eat fruit when I get in there, eat nuts, and then have a meal at two when we play the cereal. Um, so that's like a 15-minute break. So I try to have something small-ish there. So I've made some soup. I made some soup over the weekend. I'll bring that in, or whatever the leftovers are. There was a – oh, this is the other thing we did um, the other week. We homemade pasta, which is really, really easy. Really easy. So Claudia and I made that. And I did a sardine pasta, which turned out really nice. Oh. Um, so, you know, I might have just a small snack or two. And then after after that, don't feel like anything at all. So by the time I get up at, let's say, one in the afternoon the next day, that's when I have breakfast, which is breakfast, cereal and fruit. Okay. And that's that's how the day begins. We are so, Kevin and I are blown away by your prowess in the kitchen. That is seriously Michelin star type um, level oh, of stuff no, you're talking about. Look, sometimes there's there's something that comes together and it's um, and it comes together really well. But like I say, it's um, I, I really enjoy it. I, I enjoy the problem solving side of it and and getting it right. And and you know because like I was saying, it's that thing you do have control over. And and if you push yourself, you can make something really nice and something that 
everybody else enjoyed because I we we ate around the table as a big family. Food was a highlight, and it was something to look forward to. So that, I've kind of inherited that ethos. Um, you know, uh, I don't show the same passion for housework or home finances. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I did, but no, food's my thing. But it, what seems um, the the consistent theme here to me, Tony, is that um, you're making this beautiful quality um, homemade uh, meals. It sounds like it's it's quite a healthy uh, life you lead, and I, and I would imagine working the hours that you do it, it it's really important just to make sure yeah. you uh, keep functioning at uh, optimum level. That you you have to eat eat um, a healthy diet. Yeah, so that was something my wife Kate's very kind of big on um, processed food. And processed food is garbage. It is really bad for you. And again, it's the things you you decide to put into what you eat. And it doesn't have to be complicated. Um, we're, you know, tonight, for example, we're going to have a defrosted chicken casserole that I made a week ago. Um, but that again, simple ingredients that just ended up being pretty nice. So, um, yeah, we take away something we don't do that often, maybe once a fortnight. But um, we Claudia and I were in the supermarket, and she she got some frozen meals out of the freezer the other day, and we had a we had a, a tense father daughter standoff. And I'm proud to say, Kev, you like this for once. The men won that one, and they were put back. Um, so uh, because that that food is is nonsense, and you so why would you put that into your body? And it is it is generally easy. You know, spend 15 minutes cooking something, and and uh, you're much better off. Yeah. Now, the hours you work, obviously, uh, you need to be awake. Is coffee part of what you do either yes. when you get up or when you go to work? Or when, when does when does coffee work into your time clock now? Well, it's, it's everything is on you, – you two will appreciate, you know, it's, it's routine, radio and routine. So 10 o'clock, that's when the coffee – I try to get into work 10 to 10 so I can have time, enough time for my plunger coffee. And then that's the only coffee I'll have during the day. I'll have a, a brewed tea if I feel like a beverage like that. But, um, yeah, um, I struggle to do the show without a coffee. If I don't have one at 10, I, believe it or not, I do notice a difference just in terms of alertness wow. and, um, yeah, and, and uh, focus. So it's, it's an important part of the show. Yeah. And oh. Woody, my, my producer, he has one as well. He, he swears by his 7-Eleven coffees, so he's constantly singing their praises. Oh, yeah, we've heard good things about the 7-Eleven coffee. It's only a yeah. dollar or $2 or something like that, but it's, it's excellent. No, well, look, he uh, he keeps the one just near us ticking up. Well, he and the cohort of homeless people um, just near 3RW, he keeps that one ticking over. So um, they're, they're doing their bit for the local economy, but I oh, know I brew my own. But, Tony, as we all, all know, radio stations are notorious for really bad oh, instant coffee. You've got sure. your Maxwell House <laughs> and your, your Pablo True. and your, oh, yeah. gosh, who, what, other, what other brands, any you know, pay less brand, whatever. But if, if that was, was the only thing available um, of a morning, uh, would you <laughs> would you go the instant? No, I'd do a Darren Hinch-like editorial that would have the rest of the station <laughs> at war. <laughs> and, uh, and then I'd be suspended and I'd, I'd have to broadcast from home for six months. <laughs> so that would solve that problem. <laughs> you got this worked out. If they ever don't have the I coffee have. plunger there, you've got it worked out. You've got a backup plan. Smart man. <laughs> Very Thank smart you. man. Now, you talk about how, you know, all the healthy stuff and that. Have you got a sweet tooth at all in, in there anywhere? Oh, yes, I do. Yes, oh. I do. So um, it is, it's Woody's birthday, so I've just made him a, a, a walnut 
carrot cake, a very moist oh, carrot cake a recipe. Oh, I got up No, no, he requested it. Well, no, I think he called a listener to ring up and say, Tony, are you going to make that carrot cake for Woody? <laughs> so I think I, I've, um, I've been suckered into it. You're anyway, the- mm-hmm. I, I've made it and it's, uh, it's so uh, hopefully he'll share that with the person who actually made it for him. We'll see. You're never going to believe this, Tony, but I literally yesterday made Kevin a carrot and walnut cake with cream cheese frosting. That's exactly what I've done. You're oh. amazing. It's we're psychic. And Woody and I thank you both. <laughs> Woody and I will well, be we... will be at Jenny Craig next week, but that's all right. We thank you both. <laughs> that's thank right, you very much. Right, right, great. Perfectly all right. <laughs> Perfectly all right. Um, now, the, the radio thing's obviously, you know, a really important and very uh, a, a part of your thing, but what else What else do you get up to? I mean, because you've done so many other things in your career. You've done a little bit of acting. Uh, you're an ARIA yeah. award-winning recording artist, oh, yeah. um, amongst other things. Don't say it like <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> um, so is the radio now got your uh, total attention or you, you dabble in other stuff? Well, it's, it's, time-wise, it's, it's very hard because it's such a – such a big commitment. I, I mean, they're at ten and then home at six. Yeah, that sounds about right. Six. So, and then on the weekend is family time and basically catching up on sleep. So, in terms of uh, leaving out the time to do other things, it's it's kind of marginal. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, all my focus goes on the show basically, which yeah. I really do love doing. And this is the thing, both of you know, broadcasting gets into your it gets into your system and I'd love to do nothing else for the rest of my life, truth be told. Um, so I love doing it. It's just the hours are, uh, they're a challenge. Yeah. So it's, it, it's that kind of perfect dilemma. Um, but, uh, but I, I love doing the stage overnight and I'm, I'm paid to do it and it's great. So it's a job in media. Who doesn't love that? Yep. Is there much pressure on you? Well, you know, I mentioned the Aria award-winning recording artist to to yes. to, uh, to bring Guido out of the uh, out of the closet and and parade him around again. Well, people um, people ring up and occasionally ask to speak to him overnight, which um, which is fun. It's always fun to do. Um, but no, in terms of uh, appearances and things like that, no, I, I can't. I can't remember the last one. I think I did the from mates. 60th birthday, which you can find online. So there's been you know, occasional popping up here and there, but I'm, I'm very happy to to leave the wig and the tracksuit uh, in the bot in, in the bottom drawer. And every time I look at the wig, uh, I'm reminded of it. the girl I was dating when I, when I was doing a lot of Guido appearances. And the question she was asked most often was, "Does he wear the wig when?" <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! I'm I'm, I'm going to leave the mystery. Yeah. Oh no, that's. I think that's the way to go. It's the cliffhanger. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> hey, uh, Tony. Just recently, you've you've just wrapped up the uh, the commentary duties at the Australian International Air Show at uh, Avalon. Massive event. It must have been knowing your 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 passion for all things aviation. That just you would have been the the kid in the lolly shop. I was. We had. Uh, we were in the commentary booth, and we had this magnificent vista before us of the, the aircraft were virtually landing in front of us. We were slightly elevated, and so everything was going on just within touching distance. And it was. Uh, and then we had air crew who would come and visit. They would. They would be doing uh, commentary with us as well. So there was just a parade of people coming through from the United States Air Force. The Koreans came in, and they were 
you know, they were they were just fascinating to behold close up. So there were great people. There was amazing flying. And the, the last day, the Koreans did a uh, a very naughty low, very high speed pass that I think people will talk about for a long time. But it was thrilling. And so there was there was just highlights like that all through the week. It was uh, yeah, it was an incredible week that I'm not going to forget. The Black Eagles is the uh, is the one that everyone I know has been talking about uh, since then, and they, they I think they're the number one uh, aerial attraction in the world, are they not? And uh, they, they lived up to everyone's expectations from all reports. Well, they really did. There, there's very few uh, supersonic jet aerobatic teams in the world. You've got the U.S. Navy has one, the U.S. Air Force has one. Um, the RAF has a subsonic trainer, but it's a jet trainer, and the Russians kind of throw together ad hoc ones now and again. So these guys, are they're top tier, and they put on a 40-minute display. That's the thing. Um, other teams might put on 20 minutes, but there's this 40 minutes of intense concentration. That's what you're watching. Oh. And we're talking tight maneuvers, and then one thing they do at the end, which I thought was beautiful, they do the Korean flag with smoke coming out the back. You know the yin-yang symbol on the Korean flag? Mm. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was a lovely touch, but it was, it, was, uh, it was daring, it was thrilling to watch, and unprecedented at Avalon. So my, my kind of key, what KPI, if you want to put it that way, is am I going to Avalon to see something I've never seen before? And if, if yes, then it's a great air show, and that was a great air show. You just don't see something as thrilling as, as eight jets in tight formation um, with some really remarkable manoeuvres in there. And uh, and they've come a long way. At the uh, Thanks to the generosity of the Korean taxpayer, we got to see them. So it was thrilling. Yes. Yeah, it's amazing, Dan. Uh, amazing. Uh, good stuff. Um, now, we always like to finish with the, uh, a little kitchen tip. Have you got a, a kitchen tip uh, to pass on? Oh, um. Jeez, that's a good one. That is a really um, – okay, ser- well, let's say serious one. Mm-hmm. Um, baking paper is your friend. Mm-hmm. There we go. <laughs> There's no end, of, no end of uses for it. It's great stuff and it helps in the cleanup. Um, uh, also, if you can, encourage your children with lots of insincere praise if it convinces them they can cook. <laughs> That's perfect. No wonder you. No wonder Channel Ten overlooked you for junior master chef. It's <laughs> still time, Kev. <laughs> Mate, thank you so much for your time. It's uh, it's been a, a it's been an eye opening yeah. uh, experience because uh, this is a part of side of you that I had no idea uh, existed, and I'm glad oh, it does. Well, um, look, uh, dinner at our place, and um, I, I will attempt to stun and wow you too. Oh. So. Um, Let's tee it up. You're a good man. Thanks, Tony. Thank you, Tony. Appreciate your time, mate. Love you both. See you. Bye. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. All right, so we've got somewhere to go for dinner. That's handy. Oh, Oh, and he's a carrot cake expert. And isn't it funny that we made carrot cakes, Tony and I, practically on the same day? Yeah. And I spoke. I've for since, the people who are important to us, I have since spoken to Woody, his producer, yes. who he made the carrot cake for. And I said to Woody, "It looked impressive. Uh, was it as equally tasty as it looked?" And he said, "Absolutely." I might have to put Tony's uh, carrot cake and my carrot cake up side by side on social media. You're so competitive. You just can't Tony's help is better. yourself. Just can't help yourself. Yours was absolutely beautiful. I demolished yours. Now, let's get to the food poll. Here we go. (laughs) We're not sure about the contents of this food poll, and I don't mean in terms of what your comments have been. I I thought we'd go a bit of a Chinese or an Asian route this week Mm -hmm. with chow mein. Well, uh, 
chow mein. I remember my mum making chow mein. It's a bit like spaghetti bolognese in that uh, it, it can be so many different it ingredients. Was, yeah, it was never the same <laughs> no. any two weeks in a it's row. It's what your family makes it, basically. Yeah, you it, can get the old jar of uh, canton out and... Pop a jar of that in if you were. My, like. my little brother loved it because, as he lovingly referred to it, it was the little stuff. The little stuff. He wanted to know if it was the big stuff or the little stuff. And when mum would say the little stuff, he'd go, oh, yeah, which was mince. Mince, yes, uh, as any, opposed to uh, steak. Anything made with mince was okay. And in retrospect, I don't blame him because the big stuff was steak and I'm not quite sure what part of the animal the steak came from. But anyway. <laughs> All right. Um, who are we starting with, Alan? Yeah. He says, uh, Yay. He does. He goes, says, a big yay, because he goes, a big man. Candace Wyatt says, nay, was forced to eat it too frequently when I was a kid. Dave Williams says, yay. Rebecca Madden says, nay. Jane Barnes says, I do love noodles, so it's a yay. Old Crokey, no, thank you. He's old school, old Crokey. He's very well mannered. Very very nice manners. Artie Stevens said, look, if it's good enough for Warren Zevon in Werewolves of London, then it's good enough for me. Oh. Werewolves of London. Uh, yeah, well, it's the it's the opening uh, uh, intro to the song where he talks about uh, eating beef chow mein. Is that right? Unfortunately, Artie, uh, his original post, and I will dob him in here. Um, <laughs> his original post said it was Loudon Wainwright the third, which it <laughs> wasn't. Someone pulled him up. <laughs> Loudon had a dead skunk in the middle of the road. He didn't have any beef chow mein. Yeah, uh, they're not the same thing. And well done to Terry Daniel for uh, picking oh. uh, picking Artie up on that one. <laughs> Silvana says, I love chow mein, but I make mine with cabbage. So did my mum, Silvana. Okay. Uh, Lena says, yay. And Terry Daniel says. Who, who, the werewolves of London yes. himself. He said it looks uh, different to the one I'm used to, but hey, why not? I'm a yep. Uh, Joylene says, absolutely. And Lee, Definitely. Now, Rebecca Kane says, no, reminds me of being poor. Oh. We'll never eat it again. I think that's what we ate. Interesting mince, observation. It was really cheap then. It was bargain basement was. grub, wasn't it, for oh. the week, with your two-minute noodles yep. added as well, and you could stretch it a long way. Marilyn Nicholas says, most definitely yay. It was our go-to meal on our it was our go-to meal on Wednesday nights because I worked late, alternating with spag bowl. There you go. Leone says, absolutely. In fact, I'm hungry right now. Sue Hosking says, it's a yay for me with red cabbage because it's sweeter. Is also, it right? looks nicer too. Is that right? Yeah, red it is. Yeah, because okay. it gives that lovely caramelisation when you fry it a lot, the red cabbage. Oh, yeah, I like red cabbage. Mm. Lauren says, definitely a yay. Davin Nicholas says, yay. Tony Bennett says, proper chow mein with noodles and bean sprouts is a definite Yes. Mm. Not sure how things with the mince and cabbage and curry powder ever got called chow mein in this country. Yeah, we put the curry powder in too. Well, chow mein, that's the point. Well, we'll get to it at the end. Yeah, chuck in everything you got that's left over. Karen Young says absolutely yay. Kathy Vicious says yay. Daz Smith, remove the beans, which are in the picture, and I'm a yay, he says. And Helen says yay. 73% yay. Yay. 27% 27% I think no. It uh, dredges up some childhood memories and a yeah. bit of nostalgia. Yeah. Uh, do you, well, you make it. You make quite a nice chow mein. Oh, thank you. I, I, I quite like your chow mein. It, it bears a, a little bit of resemblance to the one my mum made. Yeah, I put the cabbage in there. Yeah, my mum my mum wasn't a great cook, and I think chow mein was. <laughs> so, what's in the fridge? Uh, get the mince, throw the little stuff in the in the pot, and uh, throw in all the other stuff with it's it. But it always same, had always had cabbage. Along in the it. same vein of what uh, my mum used to call, I think, bubble and squeak, which is all the leftover cooked veggies, your mashed potato, oh, you and them. and your peas and beans, and you fried them all together in the fry pan, and you yeah. just serve that up. That's that to me is a bit. What the essence of chow mein is, 
when you make it at home, it's uh, it's get rid of all the stuff you haven't used. But, there, but there's nothing wrong with that. No. I that's and as we fine. know, um, the flavours uh, uh, get better. What's the word I'm looking for? When it goes through and, and matures in its own sort of… Uh, intensifies in it. the fridge overnight. Yeah. And um, well, things are usually better when they've been in the fridge. And that's the other thing about Chamon. You never made enough just for one little sitting. You made enough to last for you. For a family. Yeah, to put, put for some the away. Na- for the neighbours to come around. Oh, I don't think the neighbours ever came around and ate our chow mein. <laughs> we don't eat much, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the neighbours ever ate uh, mum's chow mein. Oh, bless anyway, her. Uh, going to get a big dish and eat beef chow mein. And we're going to follow it up with a carrot cake for dessert, which Tony Moclair is going to make for us. Oh, yum. Thanks to Tony for his time uh, on this podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Mm. Go and make some chow mein. You can throw anything you like in it. It's it's you know, <laughs> open slather. Until uh, next time, this has been Food Bites with Sarah Patterson. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page for recipes, tips, and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier.